This morning we invite you to the book of Genesis chapter 3. The book of Genesis chapter 3. We're going to begin reading with verse number 1 for your hearing. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Yea, has God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. And the eyes of them both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together, and made themselves aprons. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. And the Lord God called out unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid, because I was naked, and I hid myself. And he said, Who told thee that thou wast naked? Hast thou eaten of the tree whereof I eat, whereof I commanded thee that thou shouldest not eat? And the man said, The woman whom thou gavest to be with me, she gave me of the tree, and I did eat. And the Lord God said unto the woman, What is this that thou hast done? And the woman said, The serpent beguiled me, and I did eat. And the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle, and above every beast of the field, upon the belly shalt thou go, and dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Unto the woman he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. In sorrow thou shalt bring forth children, and thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. And unto Adam he said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it, curse is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Thorns also and thistles shall bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread, till thou return unto the ground, for out of it wast thou taken, for dust thou art, and unto dust shalt thou return. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of these verses. These verses are familiar to most of you who are here uh, this morning. If you've been here in the services uh, any length of time, we've been in these verses uh, many, many times. The book of Genesis is that of a foundational book of the Bible. The Bible is made up of 66 books and Genesis is the foundational book. 
if you was to take that of the book of Genesis away from that of the Bible, then you wouldn't really have much continuity. You wouldn't have anything uh, to back up to as far as that of the beginning. You wouldn't have the beginning uh, to that of the uh, Holy uh, Scriptures. So the book of Genesis is a vital book. But not only would we say to you that the book of Genesis is a vital book, uh, Genesis chapter 3 is a vital chapter in this book. Without that of Genesis 3, we wouldn't have any explanation as to why the world that we live in is the way that it is. We wouldn't have any explanation as to why the problems that we see around us. Why that we need that of a Savior. So this morning for a few moments we want to ask the question what happened in the garden? What happened in the garden? Now you may say well what garden are you speaking of here? Well I'm speaking of that of the garden of Eden. The Garden of Eden did exist, even though many would probably say to you it was merely that of a myth. The Garden of Eden did exist, and the Scriptures are very clear that it did. Now, we didn't read these verses. Back over in chapter 2 of the book of Genesis, and in verse number 8, it says, And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there He put the man whom he had formed. The Lord God who created the universe, the earth that we live upon, who created that of you and me, He also created that of the first garden that this world ever knew. It wasn't just that of an ordinary garden either, we might say. Rather, it was that of a beautiful garden. It was that of paradise. We often hear those on the news uh, as they begin to give the weather. Uh, they talk about that of uh, living here in paradise down here in Florida in that of the uh, beautiful waters, the, the warm weather uh, that we have here that we enjoy. And truly, uh, we can say that it is paradise down here in comparison uh, to that of up north when it's cold and uh, when there's snow and ice. But what we have here before us here in Genesis chapter 2 is that of a garden that was indeed a paradise. It was a beautiful place. It had every tree one could imagine. And they were pleasant to the eyes of those who beheld them. We're told in Genesis 2 verse, chapter 2 verse 9, And out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. Can you imagine? Here we have a garden. A garden prepared by God Himself. Trees. Fruit hanging on them to the full. 
beautiful, wonderful place to live. There was also two additional trees besides that of the fruit trees that was there in the garden. These two trees, they were right in the center of the garden. It was the tree of knowledge of good and evil and the tree of life. These two trees were distinguished out and for a reason. As we're going to read over later on in chapter 2, that the Lord gives some instructions with regards to the trees and one of these tree, trees in particular, God commands that they are not to partake of the fruit that is the inhabitants of the garden. So this garden was planted by the Lord God, the Creator. It was a beautiful place. It was paradise. And it was a garden that had its own watering system. A river went out of Eden, we're told here in chapter 2, and that river, it took care of watering that of this garden. So this garden was, was one uh, that would have continued on indefinitely because of the provisions that was made uh, for that of its uh, watering. It was a perfect garden, perfect because of the one who planned it and the one who planted it. Now there were some inhabitants of this garden. The inhabitants of this garden were human and animal. In chapter 2, verses 7 and 8, it says, The Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. And the Lord God planted the garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight, food, good for food, the tree of life also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of knowledge of the good and evil. And then skipping on down a few verses, the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it, for in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I'll make him a help me for him. And out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air, and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. And Adam gave names to all the cattle, the fowl of the air, to the beast of the field, for Adam there was no ever found not a help me for him. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept, and he took one of the ribs and closed up the flesh thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, he made a woman and brought her unto the man. Here we have the actual historical account of that of the animals being brought forth and that of the creation of humans, that of Adam, that of Eve. We see their, there in the passage that the animals, that they were not an appropriate helpmeet for Adam after the Lord God had brought them unto him and he named them. And so he took from that of the side of, 
Adam a rib and made that of the woman. So, inhabitants of the Garden of Eden. The animals and two human beings. Adam and Eve. Last of all, we would say to you that the Garden of Eden, they had a law government. We read that law back up in verse number 16. And the Lord God commanded man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat. But of the tree of knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it, for in the day that thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die. Now, you know, as I was thinking about these verses here, the only tree that was forbidden was the tree of knowledge of good and evil. The tree of life was not forbidden of Adam and Eve. Every tree in the garden except that of the tree of the knowledge of, of knowledge of good and evil, Adam and Eve could have partaken of. What happened? Well, as we come into chapter 3 of the book of Genesis, there are several things that we, that we learn that happened. In verse 1, it says, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast in the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. As we come into Genesis chapter 3, we come and we're introduced to that of one of the inhabitants of this garden. And one of the inhabitants is that of an animal, a serpent. Now, we have no reason to believe other than the fact that it's a talking serpent that this serpent was any different from any of the other serpents other than the fact that this serpent spoke. Now, some people, I'm sure, would think, well, you're crazy, Pastor, if you believe that a serpent speaks. We're not here today to tell you that God, when He made serpents, that He made them where they could speak. But we are here to tell you today that this one particular serpent that is here before us, that he was not an ordinary serpent. Matter of fact, you note here it says, now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. Now, the serpent here, as we search the scriptures, we understand was not that of an ordinary serpent. In Revelations chapter 12, if you'll turn there with us. Revelation chapter 12. And in verse... Number nine, 
We're told, and the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil. And Satan, which deceiveth the whole world, he was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Here we have in the New Testament information given to us with regards to the one who is spoken of here in the passage before us in that Genesis chapter 3. He's spoken of as that of the old serpent. Satan. Satan, the one who rose up against God. He became proud and he was an angel. He thought that he would rise up and be like God. Well, here in Genesis chapter 3, he's masquerading under that of a serpent in that of a serpent body here so we have a strange animal here before us that's the first thing that we would draw your attention to here in that of the garden it says and he said unto the woman yea as God said ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden he's a talking serpent and as he approaches that of the woman, he asks her a question, and that question is, Yea, as God said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden. Now, in asking the question here, he actually places doubt upon that of what God had said. Yea, as God said, ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. Placing doubt in that of the mind of the woman. In verse 2 and 3, we have the answer of the woman. It says, And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. The woman answered that of the serpent, and she gave a fair answer, but she didn't give a truthful answer. For you note here that she added to that of what God had said. There at the very end of verse number 3, she says, You shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. Now, you may wonder, well, why is this important, Brother Steve? Why is this, why is this important? Because... Number one, what we see here in the two instances that are before us as to what happened in the garden are things that have continued on down through time. That of placing doubt with regards to that of what God has said. That of adding to that of the Word of God, just as the woman did here. In verse 4 it says, And the serpent said unto the woman, You shall eat, not surely die. For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Here we have another thing that 
the serpent did that continues to this day. And that is out and out denying the Holy Scriptures. Beloved, we're living in a day in which this is, of course, a common practice everywhere that you look and you go. The serpent here, he tells the woman, you shall not surely die. Out and out denies what God had said. Well, in verse 6, it says, When the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her and he did eat. And the eyes of them both were opened and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. Now, there's a lot going on here in these verses. After Satan tells the woman, thou shalt not surely die, we're told that the woman that she saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise and she took thereof. And then she gave it to her husband, Adam, and he partook thereof. And we need to stop here and we need to understand what the rest of the scriptures tells us about this matter. Over in 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse Number 14, we're told that the woman was deceived in the transgression here. She was deceived. She was spoken to by that of the serpent and in so doing, she was deceived about that of the truth of the matter. But the man was not. The man, the Lord God had spoken to him directly and told him that of every tree that he may eat of it, except for the tree of knowledge of good and evil, and the day that he partook of it, he would die. So, it may seem like that Eve and Adam here, that they are alike, but they're not. Adam, Adam was the head of the human race as he stood here in the garden. And as the head of the human race, he partook of that of the forbidden fruit. He broke the law of God and as a result of it, he brought that of his posterity 
into that of terrible loss. A terrible fall. The consequences being great. Paul tells us, as by one man sin entered the world and death by sin, so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. So Adam stood there as the federal head of the human race, and when he partook of the forbidden fruit, it was just as if we were there in his loins and we did the very same thing. When Adam fell, we fell. But there's more here that I want you to see than just merely the fact that when Adam stood there in the garden and he partook of the forbidden fruit and he transgressed and we were in his loins and as he fell, we fell also. There's something else I want you to see. In verse 6 it says, And when the woman saw the tree was good for food, and it was pleasant to the eyes and the tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. And the eyes of them both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together, and made themselves aprons. In the moment that Eve placed her eyes upon the forbidden fruit and Adam there along with her and they took the fruit and they partook of it they turned away from God. They turned away from God, their Creator. Not only did they turn away from the, the God, God, their Creator, they separated themselves. They alienated themselves from God, their Creator. And the relationship that they had once known with God the Creator, it was broken. And not only broken for that of Adam and Eve, but also for all of that of their descendants. <coughs> and not just with regards to them and God, but also with one another. says, when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and the tree to be desired to make one wise, she took the fruit thereof and did eat. And gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. And the eyes of them both were open, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the tree of the garden. Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden. And I was afraid because I was naked. And I hid myself. And he said, Who told thee? Has thou eaten of the tree whereof I commanded that thou shouldest not? And the man said, The woman 
whom thou gavest to be with me, she gave me. You see, immediately there was a breakdown of the relationship between that of Adam and Eve and their maker, and not only Adam and Eve and their maker, but with regards to one another. Because as soon as the Lord begins to question why they are hiding, Adam immediately speaks up and says, when the Lord asks, who told thee that thou was naked? Why? He said, that woman. That woman you gave me. She gave me an opportunity. So beloved, as I said earlier, there's more here than just that which meets the eye. Yes, doubt as to that of what God said. Deception as far as that of a woman being misled. Transgression of God of God's law. Alienation, withdrawing, a separating from that of God and one another. Broken relationships. Adam and Eve with that of the Creator and Adam and Eve with themselves. But then there's something else. There's something else that takes place. And that's what the Lord said would take place. And what was that? We go back over in chapter 2. And in verse 16, it says, And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it, for in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. Well, as we look at the rest of the chapter, we don't see Adam and Eve dying, do we? No, actually it's not until the fifth chapter of the book of Genesis that we read about the death of Adam. But he did die. We know that from Genesis 5. But is this exactly what the Lord was speaking of when He said, Thou shalt surely die. It's part of it. But I would say to you that there's more to that of the death that was being spoken of there when the Lord said, Thou shalt surely die. That death that was being spoken of there was more than just that of mere physical death. It was that of spiritual death. When Adam and Eve partook of that of the forbidden fruit, beloved, they died spiritually. And all of the inhabitants 
bear the consequences. They died spiritually. That spiritual relationship that they had had with God, it was gone. It was gone. You know, as we think about these different things and we come to that of our day and time, I would ask you, in closing, do any of these things sound familiar? God's Word, doubt being cast upon it? Perhaps you're here this morning Maybe that's going on right, right this very moment in that of your mind and in that of your heart. You're, you're saying, oh yeah, Pastor, that really took place. Doubt about what the Holy Scriptures say. Deception, being misled or misled. Is, is that same one who we find here in the Garden of Eden, Satan, the serpent, who misled that of the woman, is he active right now? What is your relationship with God this morning? How do you stand with God this morning? Is your relationship one of alienation? Of separation from God? Broken relationship because of your sin? We're going to die. Physically, we're going to die. But let me say to you, in closing, that's not the end of life. That's not the end of life. No. There's an eternity. And there's only two places where that we'll spend eternity. One or the other. Even either it will be with God and the enjoyment of eternal bliss, or it will be with that of the devil and his angels and his emissaries and that of the fires of hell. Verse number 15 of Genesis chapter 3 says, and I will put enmity, this is the Lord God who is speaking. He's speaking to that of the serpent at the time. But Adam and Eve are there. I will put enmity between thee and the woman and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head and thou shalt bruise his heel. There in the darkness of Genesis chapter 3, which that darkness continues on, there is a ray of light that is given. There is a promise that is given 
a promise of a deliverer. And that promise of a deliverer is none other than that of the Lord Jesus Christ. The only Savior of sinners. Your life may be one that's broken. You may be one sitting here questioning the Word of God. We would, we would bid you to turn away from that. We would bid you to trust the Word of God and what it says. And believe that the only hope that you have is in Jesus Christ. For it is your only hope. Um, on the back of your bulletin, we have an old hymn. We've sung it here before. Let us stand. Christ our Redeemer died on the cross, died for the sinner, paid all his due. Sprinkle your soul with the blood of the Lamb, and I will pass, will pass over you. When I see the blood, when I